Hello, and welcome to the TVNT podcast. I'm Adriana. And I'm Selena. And we are two sisters that have decided to let the internet into the conversations that we have about TV and pop culture over endless cups of tea. In our house, the reoccurring questions are Is it tea time? To which the answer is always yes. yes. And what are we watching? So pour yourself a cup and get ready to get into it. Hey guys! What's up everyone? (laughs) We are back! (laughs) Episode 2 of the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Yes, I am very excited to get into everything today because there's a lot. So much! (laughs) I mean, we have watched so many shows. I feel like even though quarantine has like slowed everyone down there's still a lot of stuff going on in the news and in pop culture Mm -hmm. and so and on twitter like twitter (laughs) is just on fire (laughs) right now you had to take a break from twitter didn't you i did i i was overwhelmed i was just i was feeling moody (laughs) and twitter was not helping at all i was just not in a good headspace, I, I don't, don't think. Know. I don't know what's going on on your Twitter, but my Twitter's just memes. I feel like I <laughs> follow, like, a lot of, like, political people and, like... Oh, honey, that is not what Twitter is for. And you know what it is? <laughs> like, I follow people that, like, are, like, influencers of different things. Like, I follow a lot of estheticians. I follow a lot of beauty people. I follow a lot of, like, tech people. But then they start tweeting about anything and everything, and then (laughs) they retweet a lot of stuff from, like, other people, and I feel like that just junks up my timeline, so I've had to start, like, muting certain words to, like, control (laughs) my timeline. Wait, Adriana, I did not know this is where this conversation was gonna go. Are you okay? (laughs) I've never muted a word on Twitter. Yeah, like, I had to mute, like, Corona. And I had to mute, like, I've had to mute a couple words. Like, in the past, I had to mute, like, Nipsey Hussle. I had to mute Kobe. I just feel like I can't, like, I'm one of those people that those articles are talking about when they're like, control your space, control your Oh my gosh, you guys. Episode two, you're still getting to know us. For reference, she is a sensey, sensey Pisces. (laughs) Yeah, like, it just, everything affects me. Like, I will read one thing, and it will just, like, change my mood. And I'm, like, constantly being exposed to a certain kind of mindset or, like, person or just, like, language. It really does get to me in, like, a weird way. It's very weird. (laughs) I'm having deja vu at the moment because you are so much, like, cat. One of my best friends that I also have another podcast with is a Pisces and is so sensitive, the littlest thing will throw off her entire mood for like a week. And I'm just like, are you well? Why are you just a sponge taking everything in? Yeah, like, and I have to like do a, like a lot of due diligence to like protect myself from, from it. And like, it took me a very long time to even get to the place where I knew I had to do that. And now <laughs> that I know that, I have to like constantly be like, blocking things from like upsetting that's why i like highly curate my instagram feed like i mute and unfollow people so often because i'm just like i don't want to see this like if you're 
<laughs> this is a very good discussion topic. <laughs> Let us know, you guys, if you are like Adriana, that the things you see on social media affect your mood to that extent, that you need to, like, protect your energy in a sense. Yeah. That's wild. Like, I went off of... Twitter and Instagram for like a weekend and then I came back and last week and this week I haven't been on Twitter as much Mm -hmm. like I just haven't been like opening the app as much I've been on Instagram kind of like the same amount for a lot but that's because my Instagram is like so I feel like peaceful because I I, I'm very specific about who I follow on Instagram Mm -hmm. I'm like everything is like pretty quotes and like you know, like, Instagram aesthetics and, like, influencers that, like, post things that I like, like, in certain (laughs) colors. Like, I won't follow certain influencers if their feed is, like, a certain color. Like, because I just feel like then it does... Even if I like their their content, I'm just like, this is not the right color scheme. Because it's like, I'm only... I only want to look at certain things. I'm just very... (laughs) I wish you guys could see my face right now. (laughs) Very particular... (laughs) Okay, but but what's your quote for this week? Okay, my quote for this week. <laughs> she just got in her bag. <laughs> to um, go off of something that we actually watched together this week. And it is from the movie Head Over Heels. I love it. You know, with Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. And one of, it's about, if you haven't seen this movie, it's so old. I just, it's so great. I love it. Um... One of the models in in the movie. It's about, like, this girl that moves in with all these models and she starts to, like, date a guy that she suspects has, like, a... is a bad guy. Is a murderer, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> and they're kind of, like, investigating him because yeah. she wants to, like, go out with him, but she's not sure if she should. So, in one of the scenes, they are, like, follow, her roommates, these models, are following her on a date with this man and one of the girls is like we need to get out of here right now i'm getting hives just from being around these ugly people oh my gosh <laughs> and that is just my quote for the week and i'm not when i say this quote i'm saying it to myself because i just feel like i'm just like in such a a funk like i like my my the hair on my legs has grown out i can't mm-hmm. go get waxed i'm afraid to wax myself even though i bought the wax <laughs> i took off my acrylics this week i haven't painted my nails it's just like i'm just looking rough i'm feeling rough and it's just you know i <laughs> i am getting hives because it's like i'm ugly right now and i just that's how I feel, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's just how I'm feeling. So to, I'm actually, I actually have a plan to like combat this tomorrow. Okay. I'm doing a full <laughs> spa day. I'm gonna like take out my braids, like like deep condition my hair, fix myself up, give myself a pedicure. I'm gonna try to wax myself. I'm gonna get mm-hmm. over that fear, <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then I guess I maybe might shave. But like, I just you don't want to do I it. I don't want to do it. I know. Um, But I'm going to get myself together because I just feel like when you're looking good, you're feeling good. And right now I don't look good and I don't feel good. (laughs) Girl, I got the same sentiment. All my eyelashes are falling out. Um, I have like a month and a half old acrylic nails that I need to take off. And they're starting to break. Haven't done it. But my quote is actually on a a hopeful note. Oh. I'm actually... I've had 
a good week considering that quarantine sucks. Nice. But my quote comes from The Matrix Reloaded. Oh. And it reads, Hope, it is the quintessential human delusion, simultaneously the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. I, it's a deep quote, but what I took from this quote is that I am deluding myself into being hopeful because really and truly, nothing hopeful is going on, but I've gotten to the point where I have to just not be depressed, you know? I like that. Yeah. I'm deluding myself and that's fine. I'm with you there. I you think know? We, I think we could all use a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Snaps to that. <laughs> But with that being said, let's get into the TV. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> we have been watching so much stuff. Like, mm-hmm. our family, we've been... Us four sisters have been staying up so late at night. And every night, we're like, what are we watching, guys? <laughs> and at 1 o'clock, we'll, like, start two movies. Or, yeah. like, binge a bunch of episodes of a show. So we've been watching so much stuff. And the mm-hmm. first thing we are going to talk about is what... A lot of people have been talking about is Mm -hmm. little fires everywhere oh my gosh you see guys we are taking a break from netflix and we have jumped to hulu yes we have we'll come back to netflix eventually but little fires everywhere is the show to watch right now it is so good so good it's based on a book Mm -hmm. um and how would you sum it up for somebody who hasn't watched it yet I mean, the overall theme is definitely motherhood. Motherhood. Mm-hmm. It's a story of secrets, secrets and the way they kind of invade your entire life, even though it is something that you're putting in a box and keeping stored away. Mm-hmm. Um, and like also living with the reality of the, your decisions. Oh my gosh, yes. One of the things I got from the show is that your life, is really a decision away from being completely different. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Let's get into it. Spoilers. If you haven't watched it, skip, okay? Because (laughs) we need to dive deep. We have the characters Mia, Mm -hmm. single black mother, artsy, very strange, moves around a lot, and you're just like, what is this woman's deal? And I will say that Carrie Washington, I got her name this time. (laughs) And, you know, I actually was looking for it right now. That's why I'm still talking. Carrie Washington. <laughs> kind of, we talked about this, overacts the role in a bit. Oh, my but, God. But I hope it's intentional because I feel like it does make you feel a little bit of a haunted, un- uncanny feeling. Yes. I think she is overacting the role, personally. I think, <laughs> But I think, like, she can't help for herself. Her, help herself. Mm-hmm. She kind of does that in... in scandal as well but like it was that role was very intense and mm-hmm. i just don't feel like the the situations that she's in in this show are that intense for her to be acting so dramatically all the time that's one thing i can say about her acting in this part yes okay well it can be argued that mia as a character like, in her own head, everything is very intense. Because even young Mia, 
kind of acted like that. Yes. In the, you know? In the flashback episode, the actress that's playing young Mia, like, I actually have a note about that. Like, she's really good because she studied Carrie Washington and the mm-hmm. way she acts. Yes. So she could act like her. She didn't just play the role. She played Carrie, which was mm-hmm. I thought was really, really great. And you don't really see that from shows that do like flashbacks and there mm-hmm. there's another actor in that role i thought it was really great because it felt consistent you felt like oh this is the same character even yes. though it was being played by someone totally different i definitely got that vibe as well but mia for you guys that all know what's going on basically was a surrogate for this family and ran off with the baby <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's what is revealed eventually yeah And right now, as far as what's on Hulu is concerned, because they're releasing this show episodically, and I just hate it. They're they're doing that with all their shows. They're doing it with Miss America also. Like, I just don't understand what Hulu's doing. Anyways, as a young girl, she decides to be a surrogate because Mm -hmm. she's put in a very tough financial position with her school. She goes away to school. And she can't, her financial aid money is revoked. And for the following year, she has to come up with $12,000. So she was presented with this opportunity and she took it. And then she ran off with this child and is raising it as her own, which technically it is half her own. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is her egg. But when you are entering into that kind of agreement and contract with a family and you've signed over your parental rights... Like, that is just such a huge violation that it it is just so unethical. I mean, when I saw that, I was floored. From a yes. legal standpoint, I was just like, oh my god, like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. And these people have been expecting this child. She's, she's come all this way. She's eight months, and you think you're going to have a baby in a month. And then this happens and your baby is stolen from you. Like I just you they oh never cut gosh. back to the to the to the couple. But I can just imagine the just the horror and the pain and just I mean that just is probably unfathomable. That is you just said two things that I think are themes of the show. Stealing babies, okay? <laughs> Multiple people get their babies stolen in this show because okay let's look at the other characters legally blonde elena <laughs> elena but what's her real name reese, reese witherspoon, witherspoon. <laughs> reese witherspoon is a mother of four very suburban housewife that like is begging to go to work she has mm-hmm. like this little part-time job at a newspaper and she is very out of touch unaware ignorant to the rest of the world outside of her little suburban one yeah she's in a very insulated bubble of privilege that Mm -hmm. her her money her family dynamic her town her whiteness provides Mm -hmm. her yes and both of these characters interact because carrie washington's character moves to the town with her daughter and reese witherspoon gives her a housekeeping job and both of their families become intertwined yes. in the sense that Carrie Washington's daughter is kind of getting stolen by Reese mm. and yeah. you know Carrie Washington is stealing Reese's daughter yeah in a sense because they don't identify with their moms and 
I think that is the real baby stealing going on in the show is the dynamics of these two families. Yeah. What do you think? I I totally agree. Like the it is it is a lot about like the family you create for yourself, the family mm-hmm. that you find along the way and the family that you should have versus the family that you do have. Yes. And in many ways the way that um Mia is raising her daughter Pearl is stifling, mm-hmm. it's limiting, it's harsh yeah. in a way that you don't really want your mother to be. You think, you know, your mother is caring for you and she loves you and they have a very close bond and relationship, but because Mia is so harsh about certain things and keeps things so she keeps herself so protected and her truth so protected that obviously Pearl knows that there are walls up and you can feel that as a child. Mm -hmm. And I think um, she also is like preparing her daughter for this hard life ahead of her. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is very shocking to Pearl when she's brought into this world of people who don't have hard lives. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And also like, I one, one thing I really don't like about Carrie Washington's character in this is that she is in some ways not that she's abusive but she is pearl's first line of i don't want to say abuse but of battery almost um it's trauma trauma you know she it's in carrie washington's attempt to prepare her for hardships in the future she inflicts hardships on her Mm -hmm. and i have a real problem with parents that they, in order to prepare their children for the for the hardships of the world, they think that they have to inflict pain and hardships and abuse and violations on them mm-hmm. just so they know that it that it might happen out there. So the child yeah. is mentally prepared to face it again. I just don't ever think that a parent should be the first line of trauma for a child. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, you need to let your child know that Yes, it can happen. Yes, this is possible. Yes, the world may not always be nice to you and loving and protect you and be soft, but I just don't ever think that a parent should be the one to be your first, your first, uh, like, bout of pain. No, I would, I would agree with you. I think, to be honest, I think Carrie Washington's character, Mia, is a shitty mom to her daughter. And I think Reese Witherspoon is a shitty mom to some of her kids as well, especially the one that identifies with Mia. Yeah, Izzy. The youngest daughter, she didn't want to have her. And Mm -hmm. that was very apparent in that flashback episode six. And she has treated, she's been a difficult child from the very beginning Mm -hmm. in comparison to her other siblings. And, you know, Reese really takes it out on her. She, She doesn't try to bridge the gap of understanding as she's growing she doesn't try to foster or grow her creativity that her child clearly has she doesn't she really like stifles her and is trying to keep her in the mold that her other children have followed Mm -hmm. or that she has followed and but can you but can you blame either of these mothers for their mistakes because in those flashback episodes you really see that they were kind of pinned up against the wall. You know, Reese had the decision 
of whether to keep the baby or get rid of it and her mom and her husband both kind of pressured her into it and said people like us don't get abortions you have everything why don't you want this kid and then mia in the sense that she loses her brother like all of this trauma happens to her and you know all of a sudden she feels like the baby is hers and and she's alone and she's alone and she feels trapped and she makes a bad decision and you know this theme carries over into the show's main plot which is mia has a friend that was struggling and leaves her daughter outside a fire station Mm -hmm. right newborn baby and what's elena elena's friend adopts this baby Mm -hmm. and this custody battle ensues once they find out that this baby is indeed alive and the birth mom wants it as well as the adopted family they're trying to steal the baby back again but both of these parents are pushed up against the wall and things get ugly but what happens when you have no other choice so okay so the thing about the whole bb storyline so bb is carrie washington's friend uh mia's friend and she was you know she couldn't feed the baby Mm -hmm. she couldn't take care of it she had no options to work so she left the baby at a fire station. Out in the cold. Out in the cold. Gave and up her parental rights. Yeah. And like the one thing I don't like is that she's like, you would have they would have sent me back to China and I would have lost the child. They like immigration would have never separated the mother and the child and yeah. and deported them. They, they would have both they would have both been sent back to China. And like would that have been hard? Sure, but was that an option? Of course. Like I don't don't want to get into, like, the immigration thing, but, like, I don't like that, like, I have no other choice than to give up my child or go back to China thing. Like, I think, like, you're here illegally, like, you, I don't know. But once again, frame of mind, stressful situation, this woman was at wit's end. Yeah. So, I understand her leaving the baby, trying to give it a a good life. Mm -hmm. She's on her feet somewhat but she's not doing particularly well Mm -hmm. and you know now she's feeling guilty um and now the baby is with a family who has struggled with fertility never been able to have their own kids was given the opportunity to adopt this child legally clear like free and clear they have done nothing wrong in this situation yeah and now that the woman is back because Mia has inserted herself into this mm-hmm. and found the baby and let the mother know that that that's where her child is, you know, they are getting their world ripped out from them. Mm-hmm. They have been caring for this child for a year. They love it. They've they've nurtured it. They they think that they are raising this child that it is their own. They're the parents of they're, this baby. Yes, and the baby doesn't know any different. This is their this is the baby's parents you know and they could definitely provide a better life than bb her birth mom really could yes so so final thoughts this is something that i asked my mom because i couldn't ask adriana we had to save this conversation for the podcast mirabelle mei ling who are her parents who does she belong with bb or the adopted family I would say the adopted family. I would agree. You have four, you have 
terminated your parental rights when you have left this child, abandoned her. Mm-hmm. And you could technically, she could technically go to jail for that. And if she's yeah. convicted, she can be deported. She's not in this country legally. And, you know, you just don't get to play hard and fast with the rules and then think you're going to use the justice system for your advantage just because you gave birth to a child. I'm just, I, I don't believe in that. I, I do think that the birth, the, the, adopted family has all rights and you know claims to the child i would agree now second question what's her daughter's name pearl okay second question can can we just pause for a second yeah pearl is everything i love pearl pearl has the juice like (laughs) the entire series i was watching it and i was just like first of all the little girl that's playing her is fabulous she's like, great she's such a good actress yeah and everybody is obsessed with her the the son um elena's son elena's moody. son moody <laughs> moody loves her and moody's a vibe too i love him. i like moody too and i feel bad for moody because pearl is just like on to bigger and better things she yeah. likes the older brother mm-hmm. and unfortunately moody's just like he's in the friend zone and yeah and she probably would have never seen moody as a love interest just mm-hmm. because of I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that the brother, like, once they actually started to date, like, he's been treating her well. I do like him for her. And I think he's, like, you know, he's, like, a misunderstood kind of character. He's had to play this kind of, like, jock role. And he's, like, the cool guy. And Mm -hmm. he's never, like, treated girls great. But I think he sees something in Pearl that makes him want to be better or a he he's like allowed to leave the mold that he's created for himself and mm-hmm. i i just like that little like evolution of that character i like that evolution as well and i think like all of the kids storylines are so interesting and real because yes. these suburban kids they've never gone through any hardships and this time of adolescence is when they start to realize the way of the world yeah and that things aren't always going to work out in your favor mm-hmm. things are not fair mm-hmm. and i i like that aspect of the show but back to pearl okay who are her parents mia or her surrogate family right now mia she was raised with her mm-hmm. i think i think it's like when someone gets adopted, it's like, who are your parents? It's like, mm-hmm. yes, biologically, your adopted parents might not be your parents, but they raised you. And so there's a, a whole life of that has been lived with these people. So Mia is technically her mom, biologically, and now, like, life-wise. Like, mm-hmm. she has been raised by her. But she definitely wasn't right to steal her. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, could Mia go to jail for that if the if the police ever caught up with her? I think absolutely. Would I she probably so. be put back in custody of the birth family of the the family that like uh, that she was going to be a surrogate of? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but that in itself is like a completely traumatic experience that the court would have to work out. I honestly don't know what would be the right answer there. Mm-hmm. Just because she's so old and she's been with Mia for so long, but it was, if she was still a baby, could she have gone back to them? Sure. Mm-hmm. But she's a 16-year-old girl, and I just feel like at this point it's like a little too late. Um, yeah. I think the show gives a lot of 
interesting parallelisms because Pearl and Mia are basically what BB and her baby are going to be if this baby is taken from her adopted family. She's going to live a life of hardship, but at least she's with her mom. Technically yeah. mom. Mm-hmm. And if Mia hadn't stolen this child, she probably would have had a better life with that family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's something Pearl would have wanted. Because now we see her in the most recent episode saying, you know, I had everything I needed, but I never had anything they I wanted. wanted. Sure, I, I love, interesting. Yeah, like, sure, I love my mom, but I do want a better life. And I don't like the life that I've had. So I think the show is just so layered, so good. Yeah. Let us know if you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. I think it sparks many interesting discussions about parenthood and motherhood. Yeah. And I think the scene when Mia and um, Reese Witherspoon's character, uh, Elena, Mm -hmm. when they finally have the blow up at... Elena's house when she confronts her about supporting BB's case. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I've made good choices in my life and I haven't had to do this, like, make bad choices. And Mia says to her, you haven't made good choices. You had wait, hold good on. choices. You had good choices. Hold on. Yeah. Mm, what is it? You didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Like, that to me was like a whoo. That just sums up privilege so much. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the themes that are throughout both stories are, are one of privilege. Reese is coming from a place of, I've made the right choices. I've made the right decisions. I've followed the path that I should take and good things should happen because of that. And in a way, I think Mia feels like she has given Pearl the privilege of ignorance to the reality Mm -hmm. of her life. Mm -hmm. And she should be grateful for that. And she tries to like teach her like hard lessons of life without really knowing the reality of life yes and i just think they both operate from places of privilege in raising their children in ways that are both you know inspiring and damaging to both to to their kids which i think was like really interesting that quote really summed up the entire (laughs) show yeah i actually love that moment as well and okay i have one other thing so in episode seven Like, episode seven really, like, came together for me. And I think, like, one thing we haven't talked about is Lexi. Oh. And Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, This little girl is so problematic. Okay, so Lexi, to me, is, like, one of the more interesting characters. Because, like, on the surface, she's so much like her mother. Mm -hmm. She's prim, she's proper, she's following the path, she's doing what she needs to do. But she... Seems, like, deeply insecure, mm-hmm. and she just wants her boyfriend to love her and for her, for her boyfriend to accept her and for people to think she's cool and... Like so many of us at, like, 17. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she's not unlike anybody else at that age, Um, but she goes about it. I think 
it's interesting the dynamics that race are playing here and you know she's a white girl comes from a privileged family dating a black boy that comes from a less privileged family that is at you know this well like this fabulous school because of like a sports scholarship and like you know he's going to Princeton and he says it when he gets into Princeton everyone's thinking like oh you're getting in for because of affirmative action and it's not just on the basis of his his merits you Mm -hmm. know it's not just because he is an athlete it's not because of his grades you know there's like there's an extra thing that has like slighted his accomplishment Mm -hmm. and the way that she uses her privilege so blatantly in front of him throughout the series is like almost jarring Mm -hmm. because and she has no idea that's what's sad yeah like she doesn't know the ways in which that her identity and her actions are problematic to people of color and Mm -hmm. you know it like in a moment like in the last episode when they're at mcdonald's and she she says she's like complaining to the girl in the drive-thru and the girl walks away to go fix her sandwich and she's like that's what happens when they don't go to college and he's like they (laughs) and it's like one of those it's kind of one of the first times he really like calls her on the bullshit like of race Mm -hmm. and not so much just like you're falsifying your your essay your Yale essay your Yale essay like you know no one knows it's Pearl's story there's no repercussions for that other than just like that was a shitty thing to do Mm -hmm. to your friend but in that moment, she's overtly being racist, and he's, like, finally calling her on it. But, and she doesn't understand, like, her, the racism that she's she's showing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really sad, actually, that that's, that's dynamic between a black man and a white woman gets played out in real life so many times Mm -hmm. and we see it in the way that black men defend white women when they're dating them or having children with them and they won't defend black women in that way like yes he was in a way defending the girl but he wasn't doing it for her sake he was doing it for his sake yeah and you know black men will do that and still marry them and still have children with them and still date them and still have sex with them and it's like but you let them talk about your people like that and you go in their their homes and you smile up with their families and and it's very clear that they are uncomfortable with his race that's why they make such a big deal of of trying to make it comfortable yeah you know of being like it's an over it's an overcompensation and it i i just thought that was very interesting to see that play out and it was i mean it it made me sad for him because it's like obviously he's a 17 year old boy he doesn't understand the layers of what's happening here and i i would never hold someone so young to the standard of, of having to like navigate those kinds of dynamics because he's just like trying to figure out life but i just i think it was interesting to see it play out like that because that is something that is very pervasive with black men that date white women. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good note. Yeah. 
that was like <laughs> that to me was like the most interesting dynamic of of the story like that to me stuck out so much for some reason i don't know why but it did i just that wasn't i feel like all of the other aspects of the show are subtle and that aspect is very like it's it's so it's jarring like you said when you realize what's going on between them yeah and he's like making he essentially just like you know gives her a a pass on it Mm -hmm. until he actually breaks up with her at the end of that episode and you know in ways it's not her fault but it's like i just don't think he he's old enough or has the language to even be able to like check somebody in the correct way and Mm -hmm. educate them simultaneously yeah because that's like a learning moment that she should have had but there is no one there to correctly teach her the right lesson in that moment and will she ever learn that? And will she know. ever know learn that? And and that and then it gives her the 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 platform to stand on. It's like, well, I date black guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not racist. I don't see color. And it just that and then it's just the racism just is continues. Continues. It it will continue to go to grow and to go on throughout her life until someone actually probably a black woman somewhere down the road stops her and is like no this is incorrect because of this 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 and that Mm -hmm. like you know and like breaks it down in a way that is not just like checking her but educational Mm -hmm. but you know but i digress i digress (laughs) okay i have one one question for you what Mm -hmm. do you think of bill elena's husband I, Bill is just one of the victims in this show. Right? I think Bill is a victim, definitely. He finds out in episode 7 that she's cheating on him. But she's not really cheating on him, but she's like playing with fire. She hits up her ex every (laughs) few years and attempts to hook up with him. Yeah. That's cheating. Yeah. (laughs) She kisses him, that's cheating. I know. Um... I think Bill is, like... I Bill is just, like, a man. Like, he cares, but not enough. Yeah, he's <laughs> just, like, there. He's just, like, going along, thinking everything's great, and all of a sudden, all of these things have happened that are just disturbing his life. Yeah, and I feel like most men are not into the petty drama, the little details of, uh-huh. like, this. And because so much of that is going on in his life, He's kind of become numb to the things he should be paying attention to. Yeah. You know? Like, the fact that his daughter is going through, you know, this... How would I describe this? The fact that his daughter is going through this hard time with her mother in regards to, like, her identity, her sexuality. sexuality. It's like, you should be her supporter in this. And he kind of is, but not enough. Yeah, I agree. I feel like... The victims of the story are definitely, like, Bill, Izzy. Izzy. <laughs> I feel like Izzy's not a bad kid, but, like, when I think all the, throughout the entire series, I was kept thinking, like, okay, when is Izzy going to wild out that, you know, makes her seem as bad as they made her seem in that opening scene when the house is burning down? Who do you think burned down the house? Like, the fact that they immediately think it's Izzy, I'm, like, offended for her. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like, she's not that bad. Like, yeah. she's 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 not out doing crack. She's not, you know, she's not out running with a gang. You, she 
She's misunderstood yeah. and artsy. and she's quiet and artsy and she yeah. wears black. Like that's not the end of the world. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean that you're a bad kid. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're like, "Where is Izzy? Like we need to talk to her when the house burns down." I'm like, "Damn." Like poor kid, like part they of- did this real dirty. They did. I <laughs> I feel like they all they like gun for her for no reason. I I just don't I don't like that cuz I feel like at the heart of it, she's like well-intentioned she's just misunderstood and she's trying to find her way like it it must be hard for how old is she like 14 yeah 14 to be dealing with your issues of your your sexuality and trying to figure that out and you know clearly knowing what you want and what you like but not being able to verbalize that to the people around you Mm -hmm. um and that's also, the 90s were a very different time. Like, people were not as accepting as they are now. I really <laughs> didn't realize the 90s were like this. I was born in the late 90s, so I really don't know what life was like in that decade. Yeah, like, you know, people were very, like, yes, there was a lot of gay people that were out. They were proud, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't so it wasn't like a quiet thing like everybody knew a gay person back then but it was also depending on your circle and your surroundings it was very much looked at as like a oh wow it was it, you know it was counterculture in a in a in a big way i guess especially in suburbia yes okay. and you know white suburbia in where are they oklahoma ohio ohio you know like that that is there they're probably not they're not accepting of that and like that's must that must be tough because she knows all of those things are, are the reality of the the people around her, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I just feel like I feel bad for sis. Pobre, I feel bad for her. But who do you think burned down the house? I think it's going to be. Okay, so I think it's going to be either mm-hmm. Mia because I okay. do think Elena has crossed the ultimate line with telling Pearl about her the real. The, the truth about her father. Mm-hmm. I think you might be mad at Mia for your friend, but that is, you like, think about Pearl for a second. Mm-hmm. This is a 16-year-old girl who doesn't know her father, whose mother basically kidnapped her, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell her that because you're mad? Like, as an adult, you should know better. As, as a mother yourself, like, that might not be the reality of your own children, but that is just a very harsh reality that a child should really only hear from their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think Elena crossed a huge line. Like, yeah. Carrie needs to show up at that house, guns blazing. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised this sis got her house burned down. Because... I'm not surprised, because she was in some shit. <laughs> yeah, like, she's asking for it at mm-hmm. this point. So I think it's either going to be Mia, mm-hmm. or it is going to be her best friend, if she loses the baby and blames oh, it on her. Oh, yeah. Because her best friend right now is thinking, like, you've brought this woman into my life. You have basically opened me up to losing my child. If she mm-hmm. does lose her child for some strange reason, I don't think she will. But let's mm-hmm. just say, who knows? I think it, her, her friend would turn on her and, and burn the house down. I could see that. I could see her just, like, completely snapping and, and just completely losing it and doing it. Well, yeah, she already showed a little bit of crazy in the early episodes. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. It can't be Izzy. That's way too easy of an ending. Um, I, maybe it's Bill. Oh. Maybe Bill tries to kill her. 
burn the house down because it's everything that he hates. Oh. That's my theory. Um, or Mia. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be Mia. I think, yeah. I think it will be interesting to see the last episode this week. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about it up to this point and then yes. make predictions. Like, <laughs> I, But the show is really great. I mean, yeah. obviously you see there are so many layers to it. We have talked at nauseum about it at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but if you do, if you do watch it or you have watched it, please go ahead and write to us on Instagram. Tell us what you think. Let's get the conversation going about Little Fires Everywhere. I thought it was a really, I thought it was really well done. Mm -hmm. And I love all those like behind the scenes little clips that they have after the episodes. I've never seen any of those. No, like you have to go to the extras in Hulu and I've been watching them and they're really, they have like really cute little insights to the episodes and stuff. So I thought that was cute too. With that is our re- official first part of our recap for Little Fires Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we will be definitely talking about the final episode next week. Um, so let's get into a little bit of reality TV now. Since yes. that was so heavy, let's get a little lighter. <laughs> mm-hmm. And let's talk about the family that everybody likes to talk about and everybody hates to talk about, the Kardashians. We love them! <laughs> I love them, but, like, I also love to hate them. Like, I go back and forth, and it really depends on the day, the mood, and, like, what they're wearing. (laughs) I was just thinking that I love watching the show, not because they're particularly entertaining, but because I love to see their looks. Yes, like, the glam, I'm, like, I follow the glam. Yeah, like, it's more, it's better than just seeing it on Instagram. I like to see the looks, how they move in person. outfits, makeup, you know? That's really all I pay attention to if and when I do watch the show. Um, but the last couple episodes have been, like, all over the internet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Courtney and Kim square down. They <laughs> got into a physical altercation. They scrapped. <laughs> they really did. But I love how that's, like, so jarring for people to see but if you have siblings y'all fight and you know it yes <laughs> to me i was just like oh, okay they fought yeah like <laughs> we have physically i have physically had to pull my aunts apart out of physical like <laughs> fist fights in the middle of the street in front assault. of our house assault <laughs> like like throughout the years like we've done that quite a few times yeah and it's you know siblings get into it and i think when you have like siblings of the same sex like that's when it it does get physical sometimes yeah like, like you're just like i'm so done with you i'm so over your shit i'm like uh, the answer is to smack the shit out of you so i get where courtney was um especially because like we've never physically fought but we just got into a very heated yeah blow down <laughs> argument not at the beginning of quarantine and like yeah. it and it went from like it came out of nowhere so it just happens like adriana was mean to me <laughs> no but for real i i fight quarantine has been especially rough my other sister and i got into a fight earlier today <laughs> but like that happens with siblings so it, it wasn't does. crazy for me to see that with Courtney and kim especially with what's been building up with them over the past couple of years yes you guys know the story kim thinks Courtney's lazy and doesn't want to work and Courtney's just like no i just hate being famous and i want to be a mom yes and i don't think she's wrong in wanting that i yeah. think 
I think to be famous takes a very particular kind of personality. And Kim has always wanted to be famous. She doesn't know how to breathe without it. Like, mm-hmm. her entire world is consumed and built around the cameras, her fame, her her access, her privilege, her influence. Like, mm-hmm. she loves that. Like, she's married to Kanye West. He's, oh. <laughs> like, he... Them as a duo, like, they just... They thrive for it. Yeah. And they... They do well with it. They handle it well. And that's not everybody. Not everybody can be famous, should be famous, has the personality for it. And clearly, Courtney does not. But I do think there is, like, one teensy bit of, like, Kim that's, like, not totally wrong. Like, Courtney doesn't want to sacrifice for the machine. But mm-hmm. she clearly wants to, like... Benefit from it. Benefit from it. You know, yeah. she wants to go to... Can film festival she wants to be at some of the premieres she wants to go to paris fashion week every year like if mm-hmm. you know she's always at those things and she loves that like she you know she wants to be able to to take the private jet and go uh to italy for a month in the summer with her kids like you know she wouldn't have any of that if it wasn't for the show if it wasn't for the work that they do and i do think that kim is not totally wrong when she's like you don't want to do anything. Yeah, I think Courtney is also a little miserable. Absolutely. She's one of those people that's like fundamentally just unhappy. Yes. And who knows what would even take for her to be happy because all we've ever seen her be is like unhappy. Yeah, like annoyed, sarcastic. She's just, ha- not- she has one of those personalities yeah. that I think are like, she's like riddled with anxiety and stress, but nothing in her like i just don't understand like i understand that money does not make your problems go away money does not buy happiness but they have the kind of money and like access and you know staff (laughs) that their life shouldn't be hard no No, that like the like so much of their life could be made easy like you can literally outsource every single aspect of your life like she Mm -hmm. doesn't have to wash a pot or mop a floor or change a diaper or yeah she doesn't have to do anything if she doesn't want to let me correct myself not that her life shouldn't be hard the things that she's complaining about are easily fixable in her position and she should not be upset at at them yeah like if she just wants to pick up the kids from school and like live a a carefree life she could do that but she, I feel like she overcomplicates her life mm-hmm. in ways from like stressing about things that she doesn't need to stress about. Just like mm-hmm. pay someone to do it. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. So a part of me is like, yeah, Courtney is annoying. And yeah, she's difficult to work with. And she makes everything hard. Yes. But also, Kim was mean. Kim was definitely mean. Kim always said, but, but Kim, like, does not respect her. And you can tell that it's, like, a deep, fundamental disrespect. Yeah. You know, even when they were getting physical, Courtney was, like, the first one to jump on her. But, like, when Kim got back up and Courtney was walking to the bathroom, Kim followed her and was the first one to slap her in the face. Like, yeah. she's the one that really, like, landed the first, like, major blow. She yeah. slapped her twice in the face. And then Courtney came back and was like, okay, now I'm going to slap you and I'm going to punch you. 
and that's when she like you know the wall and the makeup it was so funny (laughs) you know all of that but kim really did like slap her in the face like Mm -hmm. open hand palm like that's major disrespect that's so disrespectful but you know it happens i don't know i but i do think like neither of them are wrong and neither of them are not right yeah, and Chloe was just like, you guys, Drew is sleeping. You guys, there's there's makeup on my wall. You yeah. Know, she didn't help. No, she didn't. I don't think she, she, because I do think that they do gang up on Courtney. I, I think in recent years, Chloe has switched sides. She used mm-hmm. to really be on Courtney's side and now she's no longer. And that can be hurtful. It's like, I, you like, you're supposed to be my buddy and she's supposed to be the vapid one. And now you've switched sides and, you know, what's up? But speaking of Chloe, let's get into the tea because it involves homegirl. Yeah. Okay. So there were articles this week that came out after last week's episode that said that, you know, people were upset that she would consider having another baby with Tristan. Mm -hmm. And, you know... And the, the question of, like, do you want another baby? Should you freeze your eggs has come up. You need to start dating if you want to have more kids has come up for Chloe. And, you know, she, she I think she's in the back of her mind thinking, like, I should just probably have another uh, kid with Tristan. Yeah. Are they quarantining together? I don't know. Wow. This would be a great time to quarantine together and have another baby and get pregnant. That is the question of the year are they quarantining together (laughs) not even are they dating are they married are they quarantining together yeah because that's a major question like are you going to commit to spending (laughs) three months in the house with somebody Mm -hmm. would you i wonder if kylie and travis are quarantining together probably not right i don't know i don't think so but i think she's at chris's house because they posted a snap the other day and chris it was chris Corey, and Kylie Kylie and and Stormy so she might be at Chris's house interesting but back to Chloe I don't blame her for wanting to have a kid with the same baby daddy no I don't either I think like keep it in the family like there's no reason to have have to deal with multiple niggas for the rest of multiple (laughs) things you see stick with the devil you know yes like she knows exactly what she's getting with with Tristan He's cute. He'll be around for the birthday parties. He'll barely be seen after that. And, you know, he's going to be, like, dicking down some other girl. Like, we get it. Yeah. Not a problem. You know, at <laughs> least you won't have to deal with another man that will potentially give you more problems. And True will have, like, a full sibling. Yeah. And you want your kids to look the same. And you want that same kind of, like vibe for all of them i just i just keep it in the family easier to have like a one family and then after you're done with him find someone decent yeah like courtney like everybody was like why is courtney staying with scott why is courtney staying with scott now she's got three kids one guy lovely kids and like that's all she has to deal with Mm -hmm. imagine if she had three different dads to deal with you see sit Courtney did it right, in my opinion. Keep the man. He was problematic from the beginning. She just kept him around for as long as she could, had her kids, and then was like, you can go now. Yeah. You know? Chloe needs to do the same. I Stick with the devil, you know. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, especially if she wants to have more kids. Yeah. I think she should have, like, one more and be done. She's a cutie. She's such a cutie. I like, I need her to have a boy. I want to see what a boy would I look like. I was just thinking that. I want them to have a boy. 
I agree. Okay, so we'll see. We'll I hope they're quarantining together. We'll have another Kardashian baby this year. Oh my That'll God, be a fun so tea. <laughs> I think Chloe and Kylie should have the next round of kids. Because Kylie was saying the other day that she wants to have another kid. Oh, really? And she should just do it while she's young. And Chloe should have an, her second at the same time. That'd be fun and fresh. It would be. I think it'd be cute. I love a little sister duo pregnancy yeah yeah cute <laughs> when are we gonna do ours we talked about that three years three years yeah okay mings <laughs> act right <laughs> okay so i have one more thing i want to talk about because it's just like the weirdest i think this is the weirdest celebrity story to oh come out in a long God. time are what are we gonna just say it Michael Bublé. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. Oh, I love this story. Michael Bublé is a problem. <laughs> I mean, okay, we don't know. It's just been, you know, it's just speculation. Allegedly, you know. I saw the video multiple times. I'm convinced that he is mean to his wife. Okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about. Michael Bublé and his wife, they've been married for many years. They have, I think, like three kids. Yeah. And they have an Instagram live show. And they went live. And at the opening of the show, they were like, hello. And I guess he was only supposed to say hello, but she chimed in. And he, like, immediately, instinctively kind of elbowed her. (laughs) And then she immediately turned and was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he, like, kind of started to, like, play with her to, mm-hmm. to make it seem like the elbow was not, like, mean, uh, like, aggressive. aggressive. And he kind of, like, yeah, <laughs> he kind of, like, pushed her and then, like, grabbed her back and put his arm around her. And it was all very quick and very, like, weird and kind of uncomfortable. And, like, the video, if you watch it, you're just kind of like, okay, what the hell was that? Yeah. And you, it just looks weird. And I think the longer you watch it, the weirder it gets. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the age of the internet. You can't do anything anymore and think that it's just going to disappear. Like even on live, we are going to get that clip and see it again. (laughs) It's out there. Yeah. So I did some reading up on this. Apparently in the gossipy celebrity world, Michael Bublé is not abusive, but he's a cheater. Really? Mm-hmm. And if you can disrespect your wife and go cheat on her, you can do many other things. Maybe he's a little mean. I don't think he's, like, throwing her down the stairs and punching her in the face, but I think maybe he will, like, be a little bit aggressive towards her. Mm, that's interesting. You know? And this is all alleged. This is, like, my <laughs> YouTube digging at 3 a.m. in quarantine. But that video was just, like, very strange, and the conclusion I've drawn from it is that he's just a little mean. Mm. And, like, I think he's such a wholesome guy, and his whole image, public image, has been, like, the family man, the the guy with the love songs, you know, he's just, like, the smooth, classic, just, just all-around nice guy, and I think this is, like, a real blemish on his image, and she came out with a statement that says that her husband is not abusive, like, this is completely crazy, like, everybody needs to get a hobby. And I agree, the, the internet could definitely do some of that. Mm-hmm. But it 
I don't know why I watched the video and I was just like, well, that was strange. Yeah. That was weird. Like, I didn't know why it was weird, but it just felt uncomfortable almost to watch. I don't think that was... Nobody can convince me that that was just an accident or that was just, like, weird. Like, it's just... I think, like, some... A part of me feels like he went to just kind of, like, nudge her and it was, like, stronger than he anticipated. I've heard that theory. You know, that could be a, a real thing. Or it could be, like, that was his first, like, what are you doing? And... Oh, and it was just harder than he expected. Maybe he saw himself on the camera and he saw how he looked and he was like, oh, I oh, look bad. Yeah, and then he tried to, like, play it off and then it looked even weirder and then... I just, I just feel like the way that he elbowed her and the way she turned and looked at him was like, sorry. It was just like, it was just all very strange. It was, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, mean, I don't know how I feel about the video because I love him so much. I love him too. I think he needs to come out with a statement, not just her. Really? She's, she's come out with multiple statements at this point. I think like two, maybe three. I don't know. I just feel like talking about it, it's like... We talked about this. It's another headline, and it keeps it in the news cycle. Yes. However, I think he should have been the one to say something as well. They should have come out with a joint statement, not just her. Like, I'm fine, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it seemed like. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's all very strange. Could also be because of quarantine. Maybe he's just, like, hyper annoyed. Yeah, you know... (laughs) everyone's annoyed of each other everybody is and like he could have just been on edge like he could be amped up like that could have been his coffee just like kicking in i just don't know i don't know but if you look at the video tell us what you think are are we wrong are we right was it weird are we overreacting what are your thoughts are you gonna defend michael buble to a fault i don't okay this is the thing I don't put anything past anybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone is capable of everything. Except for some people. <laughs> no, I think everybody is capable of, of everything. Like, I think even the... Except for Oprah. <laughs> Except for Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need the internet to stop trying to cancel Oprah. Like, <laughs> Except for Oprah. She did not do nothing. <laughs> Sis Leave my health and that woman alone okay she has done no wrong and you guys need to back off i don't like the oprah slander she's one person that i do think i will defend to the (laughs) death of me (laughs) you can probably give me some pretty good like evidence and facts that oprah did something and i'd still be like no i'd be like i don't believe it like it's just no (laughs) but i don't put anything past it i think any every single person will surprise you I think people are always capable of disappointment, of of abuse, of disrespect that you wouldn't even imagine. So I don't put anything past anybody, especially people that I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know these people. We don't know them. So, you know, anything is possible. I'm not putting it past Michael Buble, but I'm not saying he he did it. I'm just saying, you know, the video was weird. Well, so, well I hope for weird. both of their sake that that's not what's going on. Of course, you don't. You never want to be right, yeah. and expe- I I do think it is a little dangerous for even us to be talking about this because, like, what if she is in some sort of danger? Now we've just put a spotlight on it. He's gonna be extra village vi- vigilant about covering it up, and like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's a slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. But yeah, that's but I think that's it. 
that's it for today. That's all we have for you today. That's all, folks. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on Instagram, the TVNT podcast. And that's on Twitter, too, right? On Twitter and on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us. You can, you know, leave us a comment. Uh, write us your thoughts on all of this, on any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what you think. Yes, and then you can also follow our personal Instagrams. I'm Selena Stan. And I am XO Adriana Alicia. Until then, please subscribe. And if you would be so kind to leave us a generous mm-hmm. rating and review on these first two episodes, tell us what you think. Tell us good things. Leave us nice thoughts. Only if it's nice. (laughs) Yes. So we will see you next week for another episode of the TVNT Podcast. Bye, guys. Peace out.